Happy Tuesday in the octave of Easter. Hallelujah, he is brother. risen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a yeah. great octave of Easter, and we really do need to proclaim this. And Jesse, you know I push you sometimes in a way that I suggest do both readings for today, bro. They cover so much about our Catholic faith. And so we're going to be using both readings. We're going to take Fulton Sheen out for the day because this uh, is going to take a little time. But we are going to be covering some topics, Jesse, that are very important. Like, for example, why are all the wrong people supporting the Ukraine? Interesting article. This uh, mm. Horvat guy is just, John Horvat is awesome. Number two, uh, it t- talks about George Soros. Well, he's con- a convicted murderer vows to get LADA Gaston's name tattooed on his face. And we have the audio recording of that wow. conversation. And I cleaned it up, Jess. There's no uh, F-bombs. We got them out. And, but the point of it is, is California is just going into the sewer regarding uh, the Democratic Party is allowing anything and everything. Also, Jesse, this is an important topic we covered last week. Do it again about Disney. His face is scathing. It's a pushback. And what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about what they're trying to do to your kids. And I think that this is going to backfire on Disney. They're going to lose a lot of people supporting all of their work. And I'm all for it. But before we get to anything of that, Jess, let's get some gospel food in our soul, some soul food. You got it, Terry. By the way, I, 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 I just want Disneyland, mm-hmm. it's no longer the magic kingdom, nope, Terry. Nope. It's the tragic kingdom. Oh, there you go. That's right. That's a good Not the magic kingdom. Oh. It's the tragic kingdom. But here we go. Some soul food. John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. Today's holy gospel. And then I'll, I'll do the first reading. As well. Oh, it's great. They tie in. Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb and weeping. As she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in a white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been. So, so hold on. Why is Mary Magdalene weeping? Because she thinks Jesus is dead. They heard him say that he was going to rise from the dead, but they really didn't believe it because they saw what happened to him in that 18-hour passion mm-hmm. and suffering. They... They they said, well, those are some pious sentiments from him, but we're going to go and see his dead body in the tomb. And sad, that's why she's weeping. And they said to her, okay, these angels said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken my Lord and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there. So according to the Bible, she's the first one to see the risen Christ. According to tradition from uh, Venerable Mary of Agreda in the mystical city of God, Jesus appeared to his mother first. And again, there's no contradiction here because remember, as it says in the Gospel of John chapter 20, not everything that Jesus said and did is recorded in the Bible. So the fact is, it stands to reason for me, as Mary of Agreda says in the mystical city of God, that the first person he appeared to was his mother. It's, it's just logical to me. But we continue back in Scripture. So she said to him, They have taken my Lord, and I, I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. So notice, because Jesus is divine, Jesus Christ can veil your understanding, or he can veil your ability to see something. He even does it to demons all the times. 
Demons are always asking when he was on earth, are you the son of God? Why are they asking? Because he was veiling their ability to see who he really is, and he was veiling their intellectual understanding. Only for a time he did that. At his death, he manifested who he was. It says, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was a gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary? She turned to him and said in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. By the way, uh, Protestants sometimes say, call no man teacher. Well, the Bible calls Jesus a teacher, so they're going to have to uh, uh, redact that statement. <laughs> you think? Jesus, yeah, Jesus said to her, stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them. Notice what he calls the apostles. Brothers, because that was a common way of expressing uh, the different relationships amongst the Hebrews in the Old and New Testament. They didn't have a word, they didn't have a, a word to distinguish uh, cousins or kinsmen, so everybody was called brother. But go to my brothers and tell them, I'm going to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and then reported what he had told her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ couple of things jump out at me. For example, uh, in verse 12, where it says uh, two angels uh, in, the, in here in, uh, in John's gospel, Luke also mentions in Luke chapter 24, this account, he mentions also there was two angels in the tomb. So St. John and St. Luke are consistent in what they, what they write about here. In verse 14, where it says that she did not know him. In other words, the failure to recognize the risen Christ is also noted in Luke chapter 24 and uh, and in uh, John chapter 21, verse 4. In other words, Jesus Christ, because he's God, he has the ability to veil somebody's sight or veil somebody's understanding if he so, if he so wills it, if he so permits it. Mm -hmm. And also in verse 17, where the Lord says, do not hold me. What's going on here? Well, uh, Mary Magdalene wants to keep Jesus with her. She's absolutely overjoyed to see that Christ has risen from the dead as he said he would. Mm -hmm. But he says that he must first ascend to the Father. And only then will he come again to his disciples in spiritual and sacramental ways. This way he can be in all of us, in our souls, as we live in a state of grace. Versus being just in one location in a physical glorified body. If he ascends to heaven, he will send his Holy Spirit. And this way... His, his spirit will be in every soul that's in a state of grace. Remember, Jesus is the Son of God by nature, as the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verse 18, and believers uh, are sons and daughters of God by grace in, in John chapter 1, verse 12. Both of us have the same Father, God the Father, but again, Jesus Christ is the Son of God uh, is the Son of God in an altogether different reality because He's the Son of God by nature. But again, it's only by going to heaven that He will be able to send His Holy Spirit and He will be able to dwell in all men. That's called multi-location. <laughs> hey, Jess, good job on that. Now, the first reading of the day ties into this second reading. So could you also... Uh, we got time. I, I want to really get both readings in from... from uh, the book of Acts, yep. chapter 2, verse 36. Okay. On the day of Pentecost, mm -hmm. that's uh, 
Penta means 50 days, 50. Mm -hmm. Peter said to the Jewish people, and these are to the, a lot of them are unbelievers at this point still. And he, he rails against it. This is no longer scaredy cat Peter, okay? This is Peter, the lion of the faith. He says, let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, whom you crucified, and he's probably, I can imagine he's probably pointing at the Sadducees and Pharisees and all the rabble rousers. He says, says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. What does that mean? That means their conscience was pricked. Yeah. That's what it means. Their conscience was pricked. They're like, oh no. And they, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, what are we to do, my brothers? Peter said to them, so so a, a good swath of them, they had a, a, a prick of conscience and they want to repent here. Jesus tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Okay, notice what he said, everyone. Not just like, you know, sometimes you have modernists to say, say oh, you know, people don't need to be baptized. There's a Catholic <laughs> priest over in the Amazon that hasn't baptized anybody in 50 years. Doesn't see, yeah, doesn't see the need for it. And he says, yeah, I've been a priest out here for 50 years. I haven't baptized anybody. Uh <laughs> But Jesus says, repent and, be yeah, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That actually means in the Greek, and by the authority of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice, baptism gives you the Holy Spirit. It says, for the promises made to you and to your children. That's why we baptize babies. And to, and to, call, and to all those far off, Whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments. So here Peter's using apologetics as well. And was exhorting them. That's preaching. That's power preaching. I love this phrase. I love that he says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Now, Jim, Cav Jim Caviezel says that everywhere oh, he goes. Yep. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 persons were added that day. The word of the Lord. Praise God. The word of the Lord. God. Yeah, you know what, Jesse? When you these two readings go so well together, because it really is the core of the gospel. Yeah. You know, repent and believe. And I think that um, what you just said about the priest. Let's pray for him. That Franciscan down in South America who never baptized any babies. <laughs> I want to just throw something out. We're going to be coming back, but I want to give some more. Just a quick note uh, for your good to know file. Researchers warn that masks could be causing delayed development in babies. Yep. That's something that I, uh, well, not my grandson, but. Yeah. Uh, well, Terry, the good news is, is that the, the masks have, have been uh, repealed that's at right. all the airports. Yep, major okay. U.S. A, airlines, yep. As, as of yesterday, the masks yep. are, there's a federal judge in Florida yep. that said, uh, no, the government has overstepped its bounds. So God bless that federal judge. Uh, it was, he was a Trump appointee, by the way. Absolutely. And also Uber and all these other places are stepping forward saying, get rid of the mask. They're throwing them away. Hey, when we come back. Amazing. Why? Why? Ask yourself, why are all the wrong people supporting the Ukraine war? There's, there's something there, and we're going to talk about it. Our good friend, uh, John Horvath, is going to expose what that's all about. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, before you go on, I just got this news, and I've been wanting to give it to our listeners. There's a bill in California, AB 2223, 
And basically what it's all about is it's uh, giving grants for abortion business to provide abortions at no cost to patients who don't have insurance. And uh, I want everybody to voice their opinion by saying no to it. And I'm just going to give a couple of phone numbers out. Just please call the offices. They're going to say, what's your zip code if you're in California? And uh, that's all you get. So Jim Wood at 916-319-2002 and Marie Waldron at 916-319-2075. I'll repeat those numbers. Call them. I'm going to call them after the show. 916 area code 319-2002. They're voting on it today. Other number is 916-319-2075. That's AB2223. Let's defend life. Go ahead, Jess. Amen. So why are all the wrong people supporting <laughs> I know. Ukraine? <laughs> it's a good article. Yeah. Now, now he, he, Dr. John Horvat tackles this issue. Here's my take personally. Tell me. I'm more concerned with the invasion of the Oval Office by the Democrats yeah. more than I'm concerned with the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Amen that's, to that. That's me personally. I'm with okay? you, brother. Because that affects me more. However, Dr. John Horvat, uh, he makes a good case here. He says, in a polarized country, when one side enthusiastically supports an issue, the rule of thumb for the other side is to take the opposite position. Yep. However, when two enemies suddenly find themselves in the same foxhole, hmm, naturally it raises a question. Is something wrong? Yeah. This is the case regarding Ukraine. Conservatives who wholeheartedly support the invaded country suddenly find themselves with strange bedfellows. Liberals behaving contrary to their typical ways are rallying to the correct side in this crisis that of unjustly attacked Ukraine. Indeed, the same woke corporations that light up buildings with rainbow colors and decry American nationalism now display Ukraine national colors. Pacifist Green New Dealers demand the sending of carbon-heavy munitions to Ukraine en masse. Vaccine zealots welcome millions of unvaccinated refugees into Europe and 100,000 into the U.S., And the same critical race theory fanatics that define everything by race are now defending blue-eyed, blonde, white Europeans that they once scorned as white privilege. Well said. Notorious liberals like, here it is, this is what concerns me. You got it. Billionaires like George Soros, Sean Penn, Lady Gaga, and Representative Nancy Pelosi toe the pro-Ukraine line. Hmm. Yep. Thus, Thus liberals who automatically disagree with conservatives on everything, join them for this just cause. Hmm. No wonder many conservatives ask, like like I do, why are all the wrong people supporting Ukraine, Terry? And this article lays it out. He says, of course all people should sympathize with the Ukraine and help it in any measure they can, since it's a nation suffering, are you ready, from an unjust attack. Let's call it for what it is. Indeed, Americans, including most liberals... See a country brutally invaded? The savage cruelty is piped into every home via the Internet? The humanitarian side of the tragedy appeals to American generous desire to relieve suffering. There are no wrong people who cannot share this compassion. However, many liberals are enthusiastic supporters of Ukraine, not only because of the attack, but the framing of a debate. Check this out. Tragically, They use the Ukraine crisis to support 
their narrative and construct a, a pseudo-conservative counter-narrative. In this case, the wrong people support the right cause for the wrong reason. The Ukrainian conflict becomes another way of fighting against all things conservative. He nailed it. Continue. The liberal media have, have framed the Ukrainian crisis as the conflict between two political systems, liberal democracy and autocratic regimes. This framing is repeated so often that few dispute it. However, both these grossly simplified false alternatives support the liberal narrative. On one side, Ukraine is made to represent liberal values, even though Ukraine, like all Slavic nations, preserves many conservative and religious customs, perhaps even more than Russia. Liberal media highlight the indisputable fact that Ukraine's liberal president Zelensky holds views regarding procured abortion and homosexual sin that rightly anger conservatives everywhere. However, like President Biden in America, his personal views do not reflect Ukraine, Ukrainians as a whole. Casting Ukraine as a liberal cause buttresses the crumbling ramparts of liberalism everywhere. It becomes a rallying point into which brave liberals can pour vast resources and impose massive sanctions while trying to avoid a war at all costs. It, re it remains to be seen if liberal zeal will continue when the situation escalates. And it is escalating. Right now, the conflict also provides an opportunity to associate conservative values with Putin's regime. Autocratic rule, although the association is gratuitous, Russia remains traditional values are turning into a loudspeaker for all such more everywhere. Thus, conservatives find themselves classified with Putin, who does not represent them. Seeking greater credibility, the media makes every effort, have you noticed, to highlight and excoriate the handful of conservative figures who show sympathies for, 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 for Putin, despite his avowedly pro-abortion and pro-socialist positions. Such associations with Russia fit well with accusations that American conservatives are endangering democracy. You see how they're turning this? By their opposition to the liberal agenda. But associating the conservative cause with tyranny, liberty would likely uh, do nothing but better than force them to defend positions they do not hold. This spotlight could easily be transferred to all conservatives wherever they may be. Yes? For liberals, this is a win-win situation. By supporting the just cause of the Ukrainians, they're on the winning side of public opinion and the right side of their narrative. Yep. On the other hand, by labeling all conservatives as fans of Putin's totalitarianism, liberals divide the right into factions where no conservative is comfortable, placing all of us on the defensive. Again, my position I is I feel that, it, yeah. Yeah. A lot of conservatives are arguing about, Putin's, uh, about Putin. And it, to me, he's an enigma. I'll talk more about that after. Sure. The correct solution to this false dilemma framed by the left is to reject it with disdain. Neither Ukrainians nor Americans should be forced to defend liberal democracy or autocracy. This is a false choice that does not correspond to the reality of a nation and, and church under siege. The left often presents the public with false alternatives to avoid the real issues. That's a good point. Usually moral ones. Mm -hmm. Liberals avoid moral issues because they cannot argue against them. Thus, the present war must be considered independently from the left's narrative. Ukraine is a nation unjustly invaded by another, right. period. First point. 
should despotic Putin prevail? He will upset the whole post-World War II order, period. Second point, and that's it. Defending Ukraine is not a validation of the liberal agenda, nor a condemnation of a falsely labeled conservative pro-Putin perspective. Ukraine must not become a tool to be manipulated by the left or the right. Ukraine is not a pawn to be played in the imaginary fancies of conspiracy theorists or the Machiavellian framings of liberal media commentators. The poor, suffering people of Ukraine deserve to be judged on the merits of their natural right of self-defense and their legitimate desire to remain a free nation with a free Catholic Church. Amen to that, Jess. Let's talk about Putin. You just said you wanted to say something about that. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. here's the first thing that I just want to remind people sure. is that he, an observation is yeah. that uh, under President Donald Trump for four years, guess what? We had no wars. Nope. Guess what? Just, just remind, I'm just reminding people. Guess what? We were energy independent. Yep. Guess what? Under Biden, no, now we're involved in a war, which could become a huge war. And guess what? We're no longer in energy independent. And guess what? We're buying oil from Russia. The country we criticize is the country we're buying the most amount of oil from. So essentially, it's U.S. consumer dollars that are funding Russia to go to war against Ukraine. Talk about hypocrisy. Now, here's a theory of mine, Terry. Here's go ahead, Terry. Okay. The Democrats who are in power right now, of all branches of government, they're involved in, there's a term called stakeholder capitalism. What's that? That entails corporate co cooperation like Big Farm and Big Tech with the Democrat government. And this vastly increases government intervention in the economy when they, again, cooperate with Big Pharma and Big Tech. This is called stakeholder capitalism. If this is a model where the government favors certain corporations and public-private partnerships, and together they have control over governing the people. Who's governing us right now? Big Tech, Big Pharma, and the Democrat Party. That's called stakeholder capitalism. Now, now that the mandates are waning, thanks be to God, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, but here's, they didn't kill enough people through their depopulation, COVID-19, and jab and all this, and vaccinations. So now, hey, it's time to get rid of depopulate the earth through what? Another war. And Uncle Sam can receive nice donations and kickbacks from where? Lockheed, Boeing, Northrop, and Raytheon. Because guess what? The war machines are starting to churn, uh, to churn the equipment. And it, it, you know, it, it, if not enough people died as a result of the pandemic, scandemic, again, the globalists, in my opinion, they said it's time to start a war. Terry, we don't need to fight a war to protect another country's borders. We need to secure our own border. We're being yeah. overrun. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why the Roman Empire collapsed. According to historians, they were busy fighting wars outside in other countries. They overextended themselves, and they didn't concentrate on defending themselves within their own borders, and they were sacked by the barbarians. Well said, Jesse. Follow the money. That's what I call all of the above. And that's what that says. And Jesse, what you said about our borders, it's only going to get worse. And they're, they don't even keep track right now of how many people are coming across the southern border. And I'm going to say this on the air, Jesse. I mean it. I think we have an opportunity to remove our present president because he's supposed to defend us from foreigners. And he's not doing that on the border. So that's he needs my to get him. He needs to get impeached. impeached. I think that there's legitimate... It, it, oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I really do. Hey, Jess, when we come back, 
But before I do that, I want to remind everybody, Jess, myself, we're gonna, and uh, Ruben Nava, we're going to be out of a men's conference on June 18th here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in, Can- in Covina. You can register your husband. You can register uh, couples even uh, to that date. We're going to have mass at the end. We'll have confessions available. And uh, just go to vmpr.org and do it there. And also on May 7th, we have a conference on marriage for couples. And I would even say people who are thinking about getting married should come. We're going to be using the catechism. We've got the, the, uh, the, uh, the Bible and a great book by Cardinal Seurat, Couples Awaken Your Love. You can register by going to vmpr.org. Terry, let me mention one more thing. Sure, you know why Putin uh, attacked Ukraine? Because he saw Biden's incompetence in pulling out of Afghanistan. Of, That's why he attacked. Of course. And this is it's common knowledge on that. Hey, when we come back, wait till you hear this clip. We're going to talk about uh, a prisoner committed of murder is getting out. What? Stay with us. You'll hear about it. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The Terry and Jesse Show. We're back. Terry, what, you got a video well, for us? Jesse, I do. I got, let's just set the stage here. Convicted murderer vows to get LADA Gaston's name tattooed on his face. And it's an audio clip obtained by Fox News, thanks to them, and I think that this would be a commercial for him in the sense of people not voting him. We're, we're at the time right now trying to get him out of office. We're trying to do that at this time. So let's play the clip, and then we'll cover the article we have. Play the clip, Mr. This is looking real good. Now we got a new DA in L.A., so they're going to... Um, I got court on the 14th, fool. Right there in Compton on Thursday, so they're going to drop a gang of... Um, like my gun enhancement, my gang enhancement. My gang enhancement's 10 years, fool, for being a gang member. And then the gun and the commission of crime. I don't get that name on my face. That's the champ right there. Gascon. That's the right there, bro. He's making his story changes for all of us, fool. You know, so I'm just grateful, fool. Like, I got good news off that. So at least now I know, like, they're like, you're coming home, blood. Like, they already told me, my lawyer told me, you're coming home. Wow. Jesse, what do you think as a policeman hearing that language? Is that how they speak, speak Jesse? Is son of Satan. He's, he's a son of Satan. There's only, there's, only two, there's only two types of people on planet Earth. First John 3.10, sons of God and sons of Satan. That is definitely a son of Satan. That is the, that is the worst depiction of the Hispanic community. Yeah. This is, this is an entire betrayal of what it means to be Hispanic who's grown up with, with, with the blood in our veins that Jesus Christ is King, Viva Cristo Rey, yeah. and the Blessed Virgin Mary is our Queen Mother, Viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. This guy is, what, what an absolute shame he's brought to the Catholic faith and to Hispanics. And Terry, the, what's going on in California, this guy just said it clearly. Yeah. California, but not only California and Los Angeles, but cities across the U.S. are experiencing an increase of violence like knuckleheads like him and homicides unlike anything we've seen before the Biden administration. Well, Jesse, how is it? You know, he he says that Gaston's a real champ for him. But how is the D.A. in a position to make these decisions to release these people without any? I mean, does he really have that kind of power, Jess? 
Yeah, well, here's what Gascon, he's Tell the me. Los Angeles district. And who put him in, Jesse? Who's the guy that put him George in? George Soros, who's, who's probably the most powerful non-politician in the yep. world. Yep. The most He uses his, his ill-gained wealth to try to bring disorder into societies and countries. And he does so, one of the ways that he does so is he funds anarchists like Black Lives Matter, these organizations, Antifa. And he also funds the campaigns for politicians and he for high office. District attorney is the top cop of the city. And so this, George Soros, funded... Uh, Gascon's run for the DA office and he won in Los Angeles, California, and he's done that throughout the country. Oh my gosh. Again, remember what I said a district attorney is the top law enforcement agency in the county and in the city. And so these positions, Phoenix has a, has a Soros uh, funded uh, DA. Oh no. New York, uh, big city. Uh, San Francisco. Yeah, the big cities. He goes after the big city. He doesn't. He doesn't worry about the small potatoes, but this is exactly, Terry, why we have an escalation in crime right now because, the cop, first of all, cops are demoralized. Cops are saying, oh, I don't want to put my hands on this criminal. Somebody's going to take a picture. <coughs> They're going to accuse me of excessive force. I'm going to find myself in front of a, you know, in, in, internal affairs and uh, criminal charges. Cops are afraid to be proactive and do their job. And then when they are proactive and do take a bad guy down, guess what? These guys fall like this crook that we had uh, his video, yeah. uh, the message. They fall into the hands of liberal Soros appointed district attorneys that do not file charges against them. So do you think, Terry, a cop wants to go out there and risk his, you know, Risk his job and his and his livelihood and I his marriage it. and his that heck no. Yeah. They're saying I'm going to arrest this guy. The DA is not even going to file charges on him. Let him go. But Jesse, he's removing these enhancements, meaning like he's tied into a gang or he had a gun in the uh, in, in the crime that he committed. It seems to me I, I don't understand. Maybe uh, give the guy a chance. Why would he remove those and give the guy an opportunity after he murders someone to be back on the streets who he could murder others. I just don't get this. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make sense to a son of God, but to a son of Satan, it makes absolute sense. Gascon's a son. Remember, if, if we just believe what the Bible says, that there's two, there's two types of people on earth, yeah, sons of God and sons of Satan, yeah. then all this makes sense. George Gascon is a son of Satan. Read 1 John 3.10. Okay? Any denial of the gospel, any denial to adhere your life to the gospel, of Jesus Christ, you're a son of Satan. And guess what? Sons of Satan are liberal, which means this. They follow the Luciferian mindset, which means do what thou wilt. That is the whole of the law. Or as you're always saying, you know, they sing in hell, my will be done. Gascon could care less what the law says. He's the top cop of Los Angeles' DA's office, and uh, he knows that he's the tip of the iceberg. And so... uh, who who's going to question him? You think Biden's going to come down and chastise him for not prosecuting these guys? You think uh, Gavin Newsom? He's insulated. He's protected by people in the highest places in government. Liberals are soft on crime. Yeah, Why? True. Because liberals, Terry, are anarchists. These guys want to change our society. Yeah. Jesse, just to give an example in West Hollywood, the article pointed out that there's a 137% jump in human trafficking, according to the statistics, and burglaries, arson, 
all this is, uh, it seems to me, and I'm just, I, mean, I live in L.A. County, folks, and, you know, I don't even let my wife go out at night to go to the grocery store, okay? I don't, Jess, because of where I live. I live in a county where the bad guys don't get punished. I live in a county, in a state, Jesse, are you ready? They can go steal $1,000 worth of, under $1,000 worth of groceries or whatever they want to get steal, and they don't get, they get more than a hand slap, a little ticket. See, this is what's going on now in our culture, and uh, I just want to say that we've had enough of it, and I hope people this, uh, you know, in the midterms will vote because, Jesse, too many people, too many innocent people are paying it the ultimate price. Terry, even the liberal media is starting to criticize Good. Stone. We yeah. should. It, it's, it's, it says uh, Christine Pasucci, a journalist from KTLA, uh, Channel 5, yep. again, a, a liberal network. Sure. Even they're starting to like say, hey, what's going on here? She says, quote, here's a list of other charges. Number four is huge. Gasco no longer seeking enhancements to crimes like gang affiliation that could take years off of a person's sentence and will be applied retroactively, close quote. So removing enhancements meant that uh, they're talking about this other criminal here, that this murderer, this guy Gonzalez, who murdered two men, carjacked the van, threw their bodies in the back and dumped them into the desert. Uh, it says Gonzalez might not even get a life sentence. Oh, Kathy Cady, victim's rights attorney, says, I've represented a number of other murder victims' families, and what I can tell you is that to a person, they are really devastated by Gascon and his policies. And again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Los Angeles has been turned into Gotham City, yep. where the villains are in the governor's mansion and the district attorney's office. Yeah, you guys need to call Batman, you know, hit... Send that big light into the sky and call Batman because you got no police protection there. The article says a Los Angeles media outlet is reporting the Gascon recall effort as on track to make it onto the ballot. I, again, I believe there's a lot of great people in California, such as all, all my friends for VMPR and family members. But the problem is, I believe, I can't prove this, I believe they've been stealing elections in California for a long time. Yeah. And Jesse, for those who don't know, you have a 20-some year background in police work, okay? So you've seen it firsthand, crime. And I'll tell you what concerns me is that the, uh, the very fact that they're not stopping this crime is going to actually breed more crime. In other words, even just over the weekend, we had a guy here at the chapel uh, 10.30 in the morning, he has something in his hand. He breaks a car windshield to go break in uh, to get something. Midday, these guys are fearless because you know what? They realize they're not going to get penalized for it until there's pain. Uh, Jesse, am I off on something? Until they have to pay a serious price for their bad behavior, they're not going to stop. Yeah, that, again, uh, true justice yeah. is an actual deterrent to crime. If you know, I, I've heard of criminals. I remember when I worked in, uh, in the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, I would talk to crooks, and then I, they, I, they said, yeah, I'm booking them into the jail. They're from Texas. They're from Florida. Yeah. They're from, you know. Other. So I'd say, what are you doing committing crime in L.A. County? Why don't you go back to your state and commit this crime over there? You know what they would tell me? Tell yeah, me this over, is important. Over and over. Ruben knows this. Yeah. Paul Clay knows this. Sure. Eddie Chavez. They would tell us as we're booking them into the jail and say, are you kidding me? Commit a crime in Florida or Arizona or Texas, they throw the book at you. You could get killed over there. Here, they're soft on crime. Yeah, but it, amongst the criminals, they all talk around the country, especially now with social media. They know, hey, carjacking, burglary, store robberies, the best place to do this 
the your best chances of getting away scot free with this is California. Wow, unbelievable, Jesse. Uh, when we come back, I want to uh, bring up the Disneyland. Disney's face is scathing as a pushback. We people are finally coming up and saying, "No, we're not going to take this with our family." This reminds me, Jesse, what took place in Virginia when parents got upset with the governor. Uh, that they were putting in bad stuff into the school system, pornography, and all the parents said no, and that particular guy wouldn't bat, wouldn't support it, and he lost the race. I believe that this is going to backfire on all the politicians, Disneyland, Disney World, all these. Uh, it's all going to backfire because when you start messing with our children, at, you know, the, you got a lot of mama bears out there right now saying, you know what, we're not going to go to Disneyland. No, we're not going to buy their videos. We're not going to buy their streaming. I've had more people text me and say, I just cut my subscription off because of this. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I also want to just remind you, if you want to become a monthly donor, you get all kinds of gifts from us each month. Uh, go online to vmpr.org, and you can check us out there. Don't forget the activities that are going on, the men's conference in June, the marriage conference in May, and much, much more. You can check it all out by going to vmpr.org. When we come back, let's talk about the Disney face scathing pushback. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Happy octave of Easter. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Disney is facing skating pushback. As they should be. Absolutely. There, there's a fallout from the company because it's going woke. <laughs> a recent poll shows that over two-thirds of Americans are less likely to do any business with Disney. I'm one of include, them. Include myself and the barbers. Yep. Because of the company's recent pro-LGBT advocacy. The Trafalgar Group found 68.2% of the Disney's hypersexualized content would make Americans less likely to do business with Disney while a mere 9.4% said it would make them more likely. Obviously, the secular humanist sons of Satan. What's the big... Uh, uh, the poll prompted over 1,000 likely voters by stating news reports revealed Disney is focusing on creating content to expose young children to sexual ideas. Yep, that's right. Does this make you more or less likely to do business with Disney? In response to Florida's recently passed parental rights and education bill... Disney has expressed intentions to increase pro-LGBT material and its children's content. So they're, they're, they're digging their heels, Terry. Oh, yeah. no, they, and, and you know what I think, Jesse? This is all coming out. They've been doing this for decades, okay? And, but they keep it under the table. They really believe they can just t say it now and have no consequences, which I think is a big mistake, and I'm glad they did it. Because now they don't even deny it, Jess. Disney CEO Bob Chapek promised the company would be, quote, a better ally for the LGBT community, yep. that they would focus on creating content to expose young children to sexual ideas, close quote. Mm -hmm. In response to employee complaints about Disney's financial invest involvement with legislators behind what they disingenuously dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, 
See, that's what I talked about in the last segment. Good. Stakeholder capitalism. Yep. This is where the Democrats get big corporations mm -hmm. and they govern people. So now we have Disneyland. We have big tech. We have big pharma. And the Democrats, they all cooperate. It was called stakeholder capitalism to try to change behavior. This is from Satan, by the way. Amen. Uh, the Florida measure does not mention the word gay, rather. It prohibits teachers from having classroom discussions about gender identity or sexual orientation with children in kindergarten through the third grade. LGBT activist groups are suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, by the way, a practicing Catholic, yep. to prevent the law's implementation. And just last week, an executive producer at Disney Television, Latoya Revenue, was exposed for admit admitting to promoting a gay agenda. A journalist leaked a video of Ravino in which she said the following, quote, Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to my, like, not at all secret gay agenda, close quote. She went on, she says, quote, I was just, wherever I could, just basically adding queerness. No one would stop me. And no one was trying to stop me. Close quote. So here we have a journalist that works for Disney Television, yeah. a, a top executive producer. She's admitting that she's inserting homosexual LGBT uh, innuendos into into the into the scripts. She's laughing about it. She said nobody's going to do anything about it. But the voters have other thoughts. Trafalgar, partnering with Convention of States Action, uh, surveyed 1,079 likely general election voters during the first week of April. And the poll has a margin of error of a minus 2.99. A whopping 85.3% of Republicans compared to 48.2% of Democrats responded they were less likely to do business with Disney following the company's sexualized content for children. Moreover, 77% of Republicans and 58% of Democrats agree that they would support family-friendly alternatives to Disney. Sign me up. Americans have responded fiercely to Disney's woke posturing. Yep. Another Disney executive recently touted the company's plan to promote gender transitioning procedures for employees and their underage children, prompting a crowd of protesters to congregate in front of Disney's headquarters in Burbank, California, chanting, Boycott Disney. God bless And we were there. Anthony, from representing Virgin Most Powerful, was there. And we're going to continue to boycott them. And, and Jesse, this is the bottom line. The lines are being less, very clearly uh, written oh, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can see what side of the fence you're going to be on. It's as simple as God's laws are man's laws. Who are we going to obey? And we and can, again, yeah. we can and again, see it that clear. The sons of God yep. and the sons of Satan. That's it. We are, we are at war. Yep. And what's the battleground? This world. This, yep. is, the, this is where we're fighting. The hashtag Boycott Disney went viral across Twitter. Good. Miracle, miracle that Twitter didn't uh, yeah, you know, ban it. Ban it. Yeah. The protests are continuing outside Disneyland in California. On Wednesday, a throng of activists near the park chanted, quote, grooming is wrong while holding signs that read imagination, not indoctrination, close quote. Other signs that says protect our children and boycott Disney. So that's good to see this pushback. There's also been... Notable pushback on social media. The the hashtag boycott Disney went viral across Twitter and media personalities slammed the company for its wokeness. Yeah. Jesse, I have to make one more other comment. Um, and I would just have people 
watched the Father Stu interview of actually Father Stu rather than the movie, in my opinion, because I just want I'm I have respect for Mark Wilber, I have respect for uh, everybody who's involved in it. I don't agree how they're evangelizing by putting a movie out that has lots of uh, well f bombs and also just uh, inappropriate dialogues that went on supposedly in Father Stu's life. Now, I just want to encourage people to go to YouTube. The diocese up in Montana, Butte, Montana, has an hour-long interview with the actual priest before he passed, and it was very moving. Watch the interview. He talks about redemptive suffering. Now, the end of this movie, I haven't seen it, but I'm reading about it, is really beautiful at the end. But most of the movie is using foul language, crude um, comments that have no place, in my opinion, of evangelizing anyone. That's my opinion. I'm yeah. entitled to it. Other people right. can disagree with me. That's fine. But I want—I did this uh, socially on the media already. I made my comments. But I want people to understand that when it comes to sharing the gospel, uh, you, you don't compromise your principles to evangelize. In other words, for me, I don't go in to talk to people about the gospel and tell them uh, all kinds of bad jokes to try and get them to like me. I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm going to do? I, I'm, St. Paul said it. Salacious talk has no place for us. We need to preach the gospel. And if people accept it, great. If they don't, you know what, Jesse? I'm going to tell you personally, that's not my business. I yeah. share it the way it goes, the way the Bible says it. And if you, if you embrace it, praise God, I'm going to pray for you. And if you reject it, well, that's your free will. That's right. I'll, I'll tell you. Tell me, the, the, the Yeah, that. I, I watched the movie over the week weekend. Yeah. I was yeah, I was like yeah, in my in my opinion I said, hmm, what priest or good Catholic read the script and allowed it to go? You know, yeah. I would have taken a had they given me the script, I would have taken a red pen. Oh yeah, like sergeants do when you turn in your report, yeah. and I would have said this got to go, this got to go, this got to go. There had to have been priest consultors to this movie. Mel Gibson and, and Wahlberg didn't do this on their own volition. And, and all I can say is shame on them for not taking a red pen and saying, okay, we're going to modify this here. Okay, we're going to modify this here. Okay, we're going to modify this. I mean, that's what you're, you're hiring me as a consultant, so I'm telling you, yeah. this is what we have to do. Uh, again, the word compromise is not found in the Bible. Nope. Now. What's now? What is the redeeming part to the movie? The end of it is beautiful. Yeah, the redeeming part to the movie is that Father Stu enters a dark night of the soul. You can see that, and then Father Stu he comes to realize that suffering is a gift from God. Exactly, and, and he comes to accept redemptive suffering, which is something Protestants have no understanding of, yep. especially the health and wealth Protestants. And then there's a reconciliation at the end uh, with his father and his mother, who was played by Mel Gibson. Uh, so two people become changed entirely. Actually, three people, the mom and dad, reconcile after being divorced for many years. Uh, and then he takes Father Stu, he takes him back to Montana to care for him, the father, who basically had no relationship with him because he divorced his mother. Yeah. So at, at the end of the movie, it ends with, with obviously a victory. Yeah. You see forgiveness, you see uh, redemption, but till you get there, there is vulgarity. And uh, there are poorly written lines that should not have made the final cut. And I want to just say the custody, the eyes and ears are important as a follower of Christ. OK, I don't want to hear this kind of talk and I don't want to see it. And so that's why I say 
No, watch the video of Father Stu, the actual Father Stu that the diocese up in Montana has of him of a couple years before he passed. And they, I was moved to tears listening to this priest talk about the gift of his suffering and that he was able to share that with souls. And now it's going to be shared even more from that, that video that he did of his story. And I got to say this, n- none of the things he said in the video uh, about foul language and about any of the other, he talked about the girl that he was living with. Yes, that's true. But, uh, and how he got, re- he got rid of, uh, here's an interesting note that people probably didn't know. He had seven years at the um, museum, the Norton Simon Museum in Pasadena. He was the manager of that museum for seven years. So he had a sense of beauty, natural beauty. And when he saw, he had his conversion and things changed. And I, I think it's a wonderful story. But personally, I'd watch the actual person, Father Stu's interview, and not go to the movie. Now, I'm going to have a lot of my friends get mad at me. That's okay, Jess. I, you know, people that get mad at me, I'm, I, it's my personal opinion. I don't yeah. see that kind of stuff playing a role in sharing the gospel. That's my this, opinion. Th- this is what's called in theology a prudential yeah, judgment. Yeah, and it's not my a- e- everybody will have to make their own yep. decision based on their conscience yep. as to what they're going to do. This is not like thou shalt not, you know, in the Bible, thou shalt not watch this movie. Right. You've got to make up your own, your, your own mind. But again, just know that it is it has rough language that's offensive to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last thing I want to say about Disneyland, Terry, tell me, is tell that... Me. Disney World is no longer the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, tell us it's, what it is. It's, it's the Tragic Kingdom. The Tragic Kingdom. And I'll tell you what a sad, sad situation. One of America's showcase companies has completely caved in to the left. But guess what, Terry? That's a sign of our times. Absolutely. The battle is on. Stand up. Hey, Amen. with the Bible in one hand and a rosary in the other, right? And Jesus in your heart. Exactly. Rush to the battle lines, Catholics. <laughs> I love it. And, and let's be counted. Amen. This is a octave of Easter. We are resurrected people, and we need to proclaim the pre- teachings of Christ in season and out. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time I checked, we should live in the state of grace. Last time I checked, we should not live in the state of mortal sin. Save yourself from this corrupt generation, as St. Peter says in today's gospel, and uh, be holy or die trying. And remember Our Lady of Fatima, folks. She said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's pray and make those sacrifices so more souls can reach the beatific vision of being with God for all eternity. May God richly bless you and your family. And again, happy Easter Tuesday. Mr. Strickland's up next. 